We here at The War on Cars love a lot of things about Cleverhood's rain gear. It keeps you dry on a bike, it keeps you dry when you're walking, and it looks great in the process. But the people at Cleverhood aren't satisfied with just making stylish, highly functional rain gear. They're also focused on doing it in a responsible and sustainable way. They support environmentally friendly manufacturing, fair labor practices, and small suppliers. And for every Rover cape they sell, Cleverhood donates 5% of revenue to local advocacy groups working to create safer, more livable, and equitable streets in cities around the U.S. For 20% off on a Rover cape and lots of other great products, go to cleverhood.com slash waroncars and enter coupon code waroncars when you check out. Again, that's cleverhood.com slash waroncars, coupon code waroncars. Hey everybody, it's Aaron here. Welcome to the War on Cars. We held our first War on Cars meetup on car-free Vanderbilt Avenue in Brooklyn a couple weekends ago. It was a lot of fun. 40, maybe 50 people showed up. We put out an icy cooler full of cold drinks. We sold some t-shirts and some stickers. We saw old friends and we met lots of new people too. One listener traveled from as far away as Raleigh, North Carolina, another from Philadelphia, One guy even came all the way down from the Bronx. The meetup was great. We really enjoyed it. We'll do more. Part of what made this particular event special was the location itself. If you tried to do a meetup in the middle of Vanderbilt Avenue 15 years ago, you would have gotten run over by a truck. Not so long ago, Vanderbilt Ave was a chaotic four-lane mini-highway designed to move cars and trucks as quickly as possible. It was what we like to call a traffic sewer. In 2006, the New York City Department of Transportation decided to experiment with its first ever road diet, and they did it on Vanderbilt Ave. They narrowed the street down from four car lanes to two. They installed some nice wide bike lanes on either side, and they added a center median with left turn bays. The redesign was done almost entirely just with white stripes on asphalt. Light, quick, inexpensive, and easy to revise and change if something didn't work out. After the redesign, all the usual complaints came in about the city waging a quote-unquote war on cars with its crazy road diet. But the new Vanderbilt Ave was popular and very quickly deemed a success. Less speeding, fewer crashes, was a safer, more comfortable place to walk and bike, so more people walked and biked. Two years later, 2008, the Department of Transportation came back. They built out the center median in concrete, created space to plant trees and shrubs and flowers. They installed bike racks in front of local shops. They improved the crosswalks and bike lanes a bit. The design changes made the street better as a transportation facility, sure. But the transformation was bigger than that. Vanderbilt Avenue was no longer just a street to help people in cars and trucks fly by as quickly as possible. Now, it felt more like a place to stay, to gather, to spend some time. It was a neighborhood street. Vanderbilt Avenue felt more like a place to be. And in the summer of 2020, New York City launched its outdoor dining and open streets program. Thousands of on-street parking spots, miles of travel lanes were taken away from cars and trucks and given to neighborhoods and people. Vanderbilt Avenue was, and still is, one of those open streets. 
car-free every Friday evening and on weekends from noon to 10 p.m. It took 15 years to transform. And yeah, a catastrophic global pandemic. Not the ideal timeline or circumstances, but a street that was once a forbidding four-lane traffic sewer is now a lively and beloved public space being used for all kinds of different community activities, including the War on Cars' very first meetup with our own community of listeners. It's a street where folks can come and experience firsthand what it's like to live in a city where cars aren't allowed to dominate every inch of space, every day of the week, every hour of the day. Good, how are you? Good to see you. It's a street where we're actually kind of winning the war on cars. Um, okay, um, tell me your name. Hi, I'm Carrie. And you are sort of in charge of this open street in some form? Oh, no, I wouldn't say in charge. It's, um, I, I'm on one of the many committees, volunteer committees, that helps organize it. What have you learned from helping to organize this, this great car-free street, Vanderbilt Avenue? Yeah, um, I've learned that the community generally is, was very hungry for this sort of thing. I mean, we saw basically immediate success with, with Vanderbilt open streets um, and I just personally love seeing how the community comes out and finds new ways to use the space just organically. I have loved watching kids learn how to ride their bikes or scooters for the first time. That's always really cute and you see that basically every weekend. Um, a lot of people got uh, pandemic puppies last year and so there have been a lot of sort of like spontaneous puppy meetups around here. Um, you know, street art and, and kind of like street activism, things like that. Um, yeah, it's just, and, and there's also what I have deemed the Italian Supper Club over on the next block. There's like this big group of Italian friends that come out basically once a week and they have a full on elaborate dinner party with like wine and candles and, and it's just, it's fabulous. Are you like doing interviews or something? Yeah, I'm doing some interviews. All right. I'm Aaron from the War on Cars. Hi. I'm Perry from Raleigh, North Carolina. You didn't just come up here for this, did you? I did. Come on. This is basically how I do vacation. Like, I will go, like, I don't have like a kid or family or wife or anything. So like, when I'm just like, hey, some like random tech podcast or podcast I listen to is doing a meetup, some like random ass city. Like, I've never been to that city before. All right, I'll go. And I'll just like plan like a whole vacation around it. I mean, I'm just so blown away that you came all the way up from oh, yeah. war on cars, baby. So what does that mean to you? And what does the war on cars mean to you? Uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina? Well, in Raleigh, North Carolina, like we have a lot of the same problems that New York. We just have way too many cars and people driving way too fast. And uh, it's all these like suburbanites that uh, want to take their trucks everywhere and uh, think that they, that they should have control over everything, right? For me, it means making sure that transportation is equitable, first of all, so everybody can access it safely. It means making sure that bikers can get around the city safely and that space is used well. Yeah, and that space is used fairly. Well, what would that mean for transportation to be made equitable? 
it would mean that there's no group in particular that has to struggle more to use our public systems because we all pay taxes, right? We're all part of the city and we all deserve to have good transportation. Yeah. I think it's that simple. <laughs> I really do, yeah. What does the war on cars mean to you? It really mean it's I mean, I really found it because I kind of a couple years ago I found myself in a place where I like woke up one day and I don't know how or why I got to the point, but I was like, you know what, like I don't wanna buy a car. Like I really don't like driving and like my parents had been like oh like are you saving up to buy a car soon you're going to be graduating from undergrad and I was like what if I just moved to New York City and I don't have to solve that problem and then I you know graduated and I moved to Austin Texas and they were like okay you're moving to Texas surely now you have to buy a car and I was like no I'll buy a second bike though and double down on that and then coming back here it just kind of reaffirmed them like yeah I'm not buying a car anytime soon. Could they just not really relate to the idea that you weren't going to get a car and that you were like doing your life on a bike? So they like, when I first got a bike, they're like, oh, cool. It's like sport. It's a hobby. You know, like that's, you know, it's good. It's good exercise. Of course. Yeah. But then when I would start doing trips, especially in the pandemic, riding, you know, like bike nine or 10 miles to like a cop, an outdoor coffee shop. And I just sit there for a few hours and just kind of enjoy the day. They were like, oh, like, aren't you like worried about like getting hit by a car or like, why don't you just drive there? And I'm like, it's more about the journey it's about like the joy of riding a bike it's about like not wanting to just like get in my parents escalade and just like drive you know a couple of miles downtown it's and then have to worry about paying for parking too it's like when you really learn about how to navigate any place with a bike it really just changes the place you're looking at like it just makes it like it makes it real compared to just driving a car <laughs> the war on cars means to me it's like having a nice place to live it's like being able to go outside and enjoy like the streets outside of my house, not like sitting in my bed and listening to the garbage trucks roll by in the morning at 7 a.m. or like the semis roll by. <laughs> the war on cars means safer streets for my kid to be running around, having more open streets so that I don't need to worry about him when he's outside. Um, it means a better environment. Um, it means more access to for bicycles and e-bikes and yeah, all of us just kind of living happier and safer. So what's your name? Paul Crickler. What does the war on cars mean to you? Uh, it means to me that we need way less cars in this city for about a thousand different reasons. We need a safer place to be, a quieter place to be, a place where we can have buses that work and go quicker, that can cross the street without being killed. It means a thousand things, all of them good. The fact that we have cars taking over, 20% of people in Manhattan have cars, 80% of us don't have cars. We should be able to have places to live that are just lovely, not shit and dangerous. I shouldn't say shit, sorry. <laughs> you can swear on a podcast, yeah. To me, it's almost a bigger project actually about what it means to be in a society and a community and that we all don't isolate ourselves in these houses like far away from each other, that we have places where kids could go hang out, where people could walk around the neighborhood on the afternoon. You know, I see my uh, older brother, let's just say, have to take care of his kid in the house. He's stuck there all day with him. Can't send the kid out anywhere, you know. Can't like He can't just go walk the neighborhood really, even though he'd like to. It's terrible. Tell me about your vehicle. Yeah, so it's an electric unicycle. 
Um, I love it. It's my main method of transportation. I go everywhere with it. The battery lasts like uh, 50 miles. Uh, it goes up to 30 miles per hour. And uh, yeah, it's, I love it. It's always with me and I can go anywhere with it. So. What does the war on cars mean to you? Uh, I think it's, it means like the triumph for people or something like that. Like I, I, I think about that phrase and I think like people might win over cars uh, to, to have the streets back to them. That's at least my, my desire. And you said you're a UX designer? Yes. So user experience? Yeah. Do you ever think much about the UX of the street? <laughs> All the time. All the time. Each time I, I go in a street, like, yeah, I, I, I think about it all the time. Each time I go in a, in a bike path that is not well made, each time I go to uh, a street where a, a car and, and then a car comes in that it doesn't belong there, yeah, I, all the time I think about it, yeah. So you spend all day just like redesigning things, thinking about better ways for users to experience, I, I assume like virtual spaces or? Yeah, interfaces, uh, digital interfaces, yeah. Do you think there's anything we can bring over from that field of study and practice, that profession, that would help us make cities better? Um, maybe, but I think there are already a lot of very good professionals that are uh, that can improve our life in, in the streets. That I, and I think that we have to hear more from them. Uh, and the government officials and the people that are in charge of uh, the streets ha have to pay attention more to them and, and hire professionals, actually. Uh, right. But yeah. Right, so it's not like, the problem isn't like the designers don't know what to do, it's like the political will to let them do it or something. Yes, exactly. I, I, and I think, like seeing Paris, for example, it's a great example, and I know that you always, in the, in the program, in the show, talk about Paris, but. Like, I think the political will is the only thing that uh, uh, we need to, to improve the life on, on the streets. Yeah, there's no other thing. Uh, the war on cars. Okay, well, I used to live in Toronto, and so we had Rob Ford as the mayor, who infamously coined the phrase. So it, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it means to me. It means um, uh, drivers getting suburban drivers getting freaked out over a bike lane or um, streetcars. Did you hear our Rob Ford episode? Uh, yes, I have. Okay, yes, good. yes. The war on cars is a kind of uh, church for me because uh, it's where I go to hear sane conversation about transportation and where I hear uh, leading thinking about it. So it's really good for inspiration and I get to take those ideas and talk to other people about them who will then take me seriously because they're very smart. Hello, I'm Patrick. Where are you from? Um, I'm coming from like, if I'm Philadelphia, like a Philadelphia suburb. Okay. Yeah. What does the war on cars mean to you? It's, uh, I think, just um, against sort of building sort of car-dependent places and then just, like, respecting other modes of transportation and sort of realizing that, like, cars are, are like, compared to, like, any other mode of transportation, they're, you know, much more dangerous. They're, um, they do much more pollution. So there's like much more environmental impacts and so it's better to like move people to other modes of transportation. Mm. Yeah, especially like means a lot to me when I live in like um 
and like a car like suburbia or you know it's like you can't like walk anywhere there's like no sidewalks anywhere in my neighborhood Gersh, what does the war on cars mean to you? And I don't mean the podcast. I mean the, the broader struggle. Well, you know, and honestly, it's a kind of an ongoing battle against the forces that destroyed our cities, frankly. If you think about it, like, is there a single product marketed as a positive thing for our society that has had actually so many negative repercussions on our society and yet is still seen as a positive? My point, obviously, Aaron, is that the car is an abomination, and the challenge, the war part of the war on cars is getting people who have accepted the car culture to, to see it from the other side. And that's really, well, frankly, the work that we do every day, you do, we do, and it's hard. Thanks, Gersh. Well, that's Gersh Kunzman of Streets Blog. I have to plug, you know me, I have to plug. That's it for this special meetup episode of The War on Cars. Thanks to everyone who took the time to talk to us in order of appearance. Carrie, Perry, Robin, Jared, Temple, Kevin, Paul, Harrison, Juan, Sonny, Melody, Patrick, and the one and only Gersh Kunzman from Streets Blog. If you would like to enlist in the War on Cars, go to thewaroncars.org, click support us, join today. Starting at just $2 per month, we'll send you stickers. You'll get access to exclusive bonus content, and you'll be the first to know about meetups and other cool things. As always, We'd like to thank our top Patreon sponsors, Charlie G of Human Powered Law in Portland, Oregon, the Law Office of Bacaro and White in New York City, Drew Raines, and Virginia Baker. Don't forget, our friends at Cleverhood are offering War on Cars listeners 20% off of the purchase of their stylish rain gear for cycling and walking. Go to cleverhood.com slash war on cars, enter code war on cars at checkout. Also take a look at all of the great merchandise that is now available in the War on Cars store. T-shirts, pint glasses, coffee mugs, stickers. Visit thewaroncars.org slash store. Did I mention we're having a big sale? 20% off of all War on Cars apparel through the end of August. Discount code SUMMERSALE. Again, that's 20% off of all War on Cars apparel through the end of August. Discount code SUMMERSALE. I'm Aaron Napperstack, and on behalf of my co-hosts, Doug Gordon and Sarah Goodyear, this is The War on Cars. War on Cars, baby!